fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try for the touchdown. Welcome to the Fantasy Pullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal, paving your way to fantasy glory, fantasy excellence, acting as your lead blocker, even in early March. And I got to tell you, this is a special Tuesday uh, Wolf and Truth edition. You don't get this very much, but man, a lot of news has been snowballing down the mountain today. Started out as a little trickle, and uh, eventually it was just too much. We could not keep ourselves from going on the air to bring the public, who are thirsty for this sort of knowledge, uh, you know, everything that's coming our way. I, of course, am your host. The Wolf of Rotor Street is with me. I'm Nat The Truth Jones. How you doing, Wolf? I'm doing great. As you said, the, I was leaving school today and I got home and CJ was like, do you have any reactions to this? What's your thoughts? And I was like, to, to what? And I open it and Aaron Rodgers signs. Okay, big deal. Russell Wilson, tra- like everything just kept piling on one after the other. And so since I got home from school, just been updating the rankings, compiling some news, some data points and hit you up and I knew you were ready to go emergency podcast here yeah. to cover all this news get all the updates in and this is all before free agency is coming next week so <laughs> this is like a little treat a Christmas bonus to get all this extra little pizzazz in here for fantasy right now I love it there is no offseason truth I, I know it's, cliche to say, it's such a cliche but that. it's but it's so true there's no offseason <laughs> so and true. you know and I, I had commented a little bit and I don't want to step on these stories too much but Aaron Rodgers basically was on you know, he was on the ESPN front page uh, when I looked on it. He was on there. And then like within two minutes of me seeing him on there, and I don't know how long he'd been on there before, you guys started blowing up my phone about Russell Wilson. And <laughs> within, within a couple of minutes, he was off. That has to stick in his craw a little bit. Don't oh, you? yeah. Well, that's why uh, two seconds later, conveniently, that's actually not the contract. I'm uh, <laughs> not giving the full deal. Shut up. Oh, he can't stand a fucking second not a being guy. the main man in the spotlight. I despise him. We'll get to him in a second. But yeah, absolutely. What a busy day. And yeah, I mean, never never mind Calvin Ridley yesterday. We have a well, lot. We're going to we're going to we're going to give Mr. Ridley. We're going to give the talented Mr. Ripley his due. Um, <laughs> uh, if you haven't already, give us a like, give us a subscribe. Now, Wolf, I was looking at our YouTube page and it says 1.99k subscribers. Who so, left us? <laughs> right. I mean, you know, right. Well, we uh, we we have a certain set of skills and we will track you down. We will find you and right. we will force you to rejoin. Right. We will force you to rejoin and bring a friend. Yeah. Um, exactly. Anyway, give us a like, give us a love, whatever currency your social media uh, platform uses, give it to us. We want it. We want that and then some. We're going to get right into this. And, of course, the big story of the day that kind of pulled the rug out from Mr. Diva Rogers himself, Russell Wilson, going to my team, Denver. Denver's been the rumored spot for, what, five years probably. Any good quarterback, they've always just been like they're a quarterback away. And we have no idea whether that's true or not because they've never actually gotten a good quarterback. So it's the easiest thing in the world to say every year, oh, they're just a quarterback away. Can never prove him right, can never prove him wrong. They got a quarterback now. This is not a guy, Russell Wilson, who is in his prime, I would say, but he is a huge upgrade over anybody that they've had on the roster uh, since Peyton Manning before his uh, arm went, his shoulder went, whatever the hell happened to him. Wouldn't you agree? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. There was a great tweet today, like looking at the different quarterbacks that the Broncos have been cycling through since Peyton Manning. They had those like three years, and, and the last one, as you said, the, the shoulder is completely shot, but still got it. And he won the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> and he still somehow won the Super Bowl. Uh, but man, it has been just a complete and utter shitstorm of QBs, the history. 2010. Paxton Lynch. Yeah, twenty. So tw- I got the list right here. Twenty eleven Tebow, two thousand twelve to twenty fifteen Peyton Manning, Simeon, Simeon, Keenum, Flacco, Drew Lock, Teddy Bridgewater, and now Russell Wilson. What an absolute just and there was yeah, Brock Osweiler saw some time there. Let's not forget Brock Osweiler. Oh, I mean, yeah, we could probably date that back another ten years, and it would still have a, a yeah. You mentioned Paxton Lee. Like, there's just so many random names that have cycled through there. Uh, but maybe they were just a quarterback away. They certainly were in maybe. 2012 to 2015 when Manning was there. They had some great seasons, obviously a, a Super Bowl uh, in that run there. Um, but now Russell Wilson. So what's the, the fallout here? It's so many things to think about. We'll start with just the Broncos. Our next take will be about the uh, the Seahawks, what the fallout sure. is over there. I bumped Russell Wilson up two spots, not because I think he's necessarily with better weapons here. In fact, DK and Tyler Lockett doesn't really get much better as a wide receiver pairing than those two, but because of how much more I think he's going to be throwing. In his 10 seasons so far in the league with Pete Carroll, the Seahawks have ranked either 31st or 32nd in pass attempts in five of those seasons. Half of his career, this top five quarterback in the league, in my opinion, maybe not anymore, we'll see, but certainly across these last 10 years has shown he has a top five quarterback upside. He has been in the bottom two in pass attempts which is just an asinine, like ridiculous misusage of talent. And to, to kind of further drive that home, the highest they've ever ranked Seattle with Russell Wilson in pass attempts was 16th in 2017. He led all quarterbacks in touchdowns and fantasy points, and he only ranked 16th in pass attempts, and that's what happened. So goes to kind of show you the ceiling of this guy. He's been insane when they actually finally use him. And so even just a modest bump to like 15 or so, would be huge. And under Nathaniel Hackett, their new offensive coordinator, you know, he's not the pass bonanza, you know, Andy Reid style offense, 16th, 24th, and 15th in pass attempts with Aaron Rodgers, you know, the MVP these last couple of years, but very efficient passing attacks. That was also, you know, not really him calling the plays that I think, you know, that was more the head coach calling the plays there. He did uncork it with Blake Bortles, the fourth most times uh, in his second season calling plays. So if he's going to let Blake Bortles whip it four times around the yard, uh, fourth most pass attempts. He also had a 13th. So like that, I do think, you know, top half of the league is what my expectation is for pass attempts. And that alone is enough, even with the weapons downgrade to bump Russell Wilson up for me. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you're saying. The way that you're talking about Wilson being used over the, you know, really his entire career reminds me a lot of the way, interestingly enough, that John Elway was used for yeah. about the first eight years of his career, where it's like, okay, this is like the most talented quarterback in the league. He can do anything. Uh, let's let's run on the first two downs with our crappy running backs every single time. And then if we're within spitting distance in the fourth quarter, hopefully he can win it. It was just yeah. the most... And they still went to three Super Bowls doing it because he was so good, even though they lost them all. Uh, Wilson, I believe, has been criminally misused in his career. He's not the only one. He's a great example of how, you know, you could be the most talented guy in the world. You could land in the wrong spot. And, you know, look, Seattle's had success. The guy's won a Super Bowl. He should have won two Super Bowls. Um, And even so, I still think that he has not reached where he should have talent-wise. He's great. He's a huge upgrade, Um, even if he's a – or if the Broncos are a, a middle of the NFL passing team, 
uh, we're going to be seeing a ton more attempts. And that's also going to probably result in a ton more rushing yards from him too, because he is good at his game. Man, he just, he didn't even really run the last couple years. Remember we were like, Oh, he's a rushing quarterback. And in fantasy, that's so key. And you weren't even getting those yards out of him. These yeah. Last and Hacker years. does love the bootlegs. He loves yeah. the play action. He likes getting his quarterbacks. You see Rogers on the move a decent amount in the pocket. So I mm-hmm. think this is going to be a great fit in this offense. And as you mentioned, just a slight bump in volume, even if it's not, Number one in the league in pass attempts. Again, six. Let's say it's like 10 10. or 12 or something like that. We're going to see big numbers. points as the 16th, again, 16th, you know, 16th most attempts in the league. It's it's insane. I will. I can do. I'll say this from a real football perspective, that division is a nightmare. Right. Mahomes, (laughs) Herbert, even like Derek Carr and the Raiders made the the Raiders are no, the Raiders are no joke, man. Insane. Insanity. I mean, that you know, that's tough. So it's like it's not like oh, Wilson's there now. They're the front runners. It's like I don't know. They're maybe maybe second, third, fourth, maybe second if they if if everything falls right. I don't know. So so that's that's man, that's a gauntlet right there. Um, Let's talk about some of his weapons that he is inheriting in Denver. Let's start with uh, the king of separation himself, Jerry Judy. Yeah. He bumped all the way, both receivers, actually. All the receivers got at least 20 spots higher, uh, in my opinion. The king of separation. They're, they're going to catch up, though. I, 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 think, I think that you may end up higher on these guys than some, but, like, these guys – are you saying they got bumps from your list? Yeah, that, that okay, plus so 20. So this isn't know, relative to the ECR? Exactly. No, it's it's bumps up. I, okay. I know the ECR will eventually catch up. So that plus 20, I know I often will do above ECR. That's actually just how many spots they jumped up. So, like, Jerry Judy was my wide receiver 43. He's now my wide receiver 23. That's how big of an impact yeah, having a guy like Russell Wilson. That's real. It's very real. And I know we were joking, you know, Duck calling him the best separator yeah. in the league and all that earlier. But he is a very strong route runner. Yeah, he's one, really one good. One of the smoothest butter type routes. So he does gain some really nice separation. Uh, and I and I am very excited to see a guy that finally can deliver that rock to him. So maybe this is just what he needed. I think we've all been kind of a year too early, a year too early. It's just the quarterback. He was a quarterback away. So I have Jerry Judy just a spot above Cortland Sutton because I'm also very high on Cortland Sutton. I love Cortland Sutton. He's a contested ball guy. He's a deep threat guy. And ultimately, he was the main recipient of deep targets these last couple of years with the Broncos. Uh, he saw 29 of their uh, you know, 60 deep targets, nearly half of them that last year. Tim Patrick saw the other 17 of them. So th- those guys accounted for 70% of the deep targets, Sutton and Patrick. So Sutton also, I mean, uh, Patrick also gets a big bump up just thinking about Russell Wilson and what he does that well, but pretty much everything. But you, I just have those wet dreams of those mean moonshots over Tyler Lockett. How many times have we seen him just uncork it and just like perfectly drops it right in the basket? Uh, to his receivers down deep. So Sutton, between him and Judy, I really don't know who I like more. I think Judy's like the obvious, the more talent, the higher draft capital. Like I probably would take Judy, but as I said, again, wide receiver 24, wide receiver 23. I I, I don't know. I like Judy a lot. I'm freaked out by the injury that he had last year. (laughs) I know. It looked so bad. And I mean, it, it ended up not being as bad as it looked, but I was like, oh, his career's over. Yeah, so, uh, I know he ended up returning. He didn't do yeah, a whole lot. He was good. Uh, but I mean, you know, I, I think we'll see. I don't think there's a great reason to like him more than Sutton or less. I, I think that it's kind of like the Woods Cup thing last year, where obviously there oh, was a there was a right choice, but right. you know, it was 
almost a coin flip for most of us going in. And, it's and I, I think that's a really good comparison too, because you think about what happened with those two guys, QB injection, big upgrade, two solid, really solid talents at the wide receiver position. And one of them, yeah. if it was going to be one of these guys, I do think it would be Judy in terms of like who would be the cup of those two. He just right. has that natural separating ability. So I like that comparison a lot. You just brought in Matt Stafford and bam, both these, uh, Robert Woods was a top 12 receiver before he got hurt. I wouldn't be shocked at all if both of these guys have top 15 seasons on them. In fact, I know we're going to talk about the Seahawks guys in a second, but I would take, if I'm drafting today, I would take either Judy or Sutton over either of the Seahawks guys, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. That's that's a hot take. That's interesting. And we'll talk about that in a second. Last guy, last weapon we need to talk about on the Broncos, Albert O, uh, Noah Font being sent to the Seahawks as a, a part of this, I'm assuming. And um, so you've got Albert O bumped from tight end 30 to tight end 12. I'm assuming that's a combination of Wilson coming to town and Fant hitting the road. Yep, exactly. Wide open tight end gig. Now he's going to be behind Judy and Sutton on the target pole, but this is a guy that's six, six and runs a sub four, five, 40, just insane athleticism. He got hurt in college, but otherwise was likely to be a first round pick given his measurables, given his dominating rate, all the, like the stats you look at for a tight end. Uh, he had all of them and he just got, he suffered a bad injury. They got him in the fourth round, despite having fought just because of how far he fell. And now he's the main guy. Now they do have a lot of cap space here. I wanted to kind of lead with that. Even after trading for Russell, they still have about the middle of the pack in terms of cap space, 16 million left. So they can load up around him. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see them go after a tight end, maybe even Rob Gronkowski, something of that nature, right? Like, and, yeah. the guy, and then yeah. suddenly Albert O gets a big bump down, but if he's the main guy, we've seen Will Disley, like Luke Wilson, just nobody's Jimmy Graham led the NFL in receiving touchdowns one year with Russell Wilson. He loves his big bodies in the red zone. He pinpoints it so well. And Alberto six foot six, that's a big body right there. So I really like him as well. I did. I just, as a wide receiver weapon, KJ Hamler, I know he's been gotten hurt the, the past couple of years, but this guy's blazing four, three speed. And we talked about those moon shots. Russell Wilson lobs up, wouldn't be shocked at all. I have been going big in on uh, D. Eskridge in early drafts from over there in Seattle. I'm swapping those two now. As a, as a great last-round dart throw, K.J. Hamler, should he stay healthy, really does have that separation ability, that deep skill set to blow up. So in, especially in like best ball drafts and things like that, if you're looking for a last-round dart throw, K.J. Hamler has shot up another 25 spots on the big board as well. All these so with what we've seen from injuries uh, yeah. recently, not recently, just forever, but it's like we forget every single year that people get injured all the time. Oh, you yeah. really have four legit receivers. Like that that's great because one of them's going to go down, two of them are going to go down, and you hate to all of a sudden be reduced to what we saw some of these. What were some of the uh, the wide receiver uh cores that people were sending out were sending out at the end of last year where it's like you literally didn't it hadn't heard of a single person on the team? exactly well so they I can remember, avoid that i mean they got they got legit guys so in that, my finals great. i was deciding between like josh palmer mm-hmm. and I, I forget the last name it was just ridiculous it's like that's how it happens in fantasy right. you somehow have to get down to this crunch time so any of those guys could step in at any point and make a huge splash all right Why don't we so move on over the, the uh, people left behind you're right let's talk about the seahawks as the other end a lot of people at least short term this year you know, think that this is not great for the Seahawks. I have seen some analysis of this trade that says like long-term, this is like a huge steal for them with all these draft picks. I don't know how I feel. I haven't, I haven't dove into it uh, enough yet to know, but as far as this year, you know, you have the insanely talented duo of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, 
who have fallen 13 and 16 spots respectively. You had them at 12 and 15. You now have them at 25 and 31. Talked about this a little bit, but you can elaborate if you want. Noah Fant, you had him as tight end 21. He's now, or you had him as tight end 12. He's now down to 21. You know, not really a factor at that at that number. Yeah, I just expect, I mean, we talked about how gross this offense was for Russell Wilson. Again, bottom two in the league in over half of seasons and pass attempts. That's not going to suddenly go up once a top five quarterback's out of their grasp. So I expect a even more run heavy, more establishing of the run, more just gross, slow, sluggish pace, trying to grind this out. That's what Pete Carroll's always done with a great quarterback under center. Never mind whoever it's going to be. It's obviously tough to analyze exactly what their prospect right. we'll is see. without knowing who the quarterback is. Right now it's Drew Locke, which would just be pure puke. Maybe they draft a rookie. Maybe they go after Jimmy G. I don't know. But either way, it's certainly not going to be as good as Russell Wilson, no matter who walks in that door, at least not initially, maybe long-term. I don't know. But which one do I prefer now? I think the bigger hit's going to happen to Tyler Lockett. Think about so much of his production on those insane catches and throws that like no duo would ever create other than those two. I don't think any of that trust is going to exist. In fact, you look at last year when Russ missed those three games, we saw Lockett drop by five points a game. DK Metcalf actually went up. Now, maybe that was the sinner narrative where he was having his orgies and Russell Wilson, you know, faithful in Christ. And, and on that that note, too, Cortland Sutton in his bio does say uh, God-fearing. So that, that may be a little bump over Judy. I know. That's amazing. like the, the Club Stafford breakfast narrative. Exactly. You know, Bible Bible study narrative. <laughs> Cortland Sutton and Russell Wilson. What, what, if we, what if all of a sudden we start seeing guys at Denver start getting real religious? Yes. I'll, I will bump up whoever starts going. Anybody who like the moon. <laughs> we see carrying around a Bible at training camp is getting a five spot bump up. Yeah. yeah. If only we had known about the breakfast club, look for Bible yeah. study. No doubt about it. <laughs> I love that call. But I do think your DK is kind of built to withstand whatever quarterback. In fact, two of his top four games last year happened with Geno Smith, which is so, I mean, DK, it's just one of those situations. We've seen it before a big quarterback downgrade it usually still sustains one receiver, but almost always dis- dissolves and anybody else around him cannot. Especially sustain. a receiver like him. I, and I know that he was a disappointment last year in general. It just seems like you almost have to work pretty hard for him to not produce. Right. Like, I, I mean, like your your team, not the other team. I mean, I right. just feel like it, it actually takes effort for DK not to get his just because, I mean, look at the guy. Exactly. And he did have that brutal finish, as you were alluding to, with only one game inside the top 36 games, uh, wide receivers in his last nine games. Only once did he finish in the top 36 receivers. That's bad. It was a really rough finish. But ultimately, he did, as I said, his his production was better without Russell Wilson than what it it was. That's I'm not sitting here saying I wish Russell Wilson's gone and now I think he's going to have a better year. But he's the type of receiver that can sustain this loss, I think at least. Better than a Tyler Lockett who's relying on the deep shot, who's relying on that tight pinpoint chemistry in the red zone. So I I think Lockett takes a bigger hit, but they both, as you can see, you know, I I think this whole offense takes a humongous hit no matter who's under center. And that also then downgrades Noah Fant, who might be the third at best weapon in this offense. If there's any winners, I still don't think there is because of you know fewer red so. zone attempts. All I that. I think they're going to be really they're going to be really bad this year. You know they're going to probably lean very. They already lean so hard on the running game. They might even put more of an emphasis on it. So whether that's Chris Carson coming off the neck surgery, whether they re-sign Rashad Penny, I, it's still going to be sluggish, gross. Again, low 
scoring offense. So I'm not sprinting to get to them, but if there's a, a single winner for Seattle, I guess it might be the run game. But yeah, Noah Fant. I don't know, dude, at first I was like foaming. I, I, we can't. I, I, Wilson. <laughs> I, I think we can't. We need to wait and see who ends up behind uh, center for them. Right. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. But yeah, I, I they were not good this year, and I cannot imagine they'll be as good uh, this year as they were last year. (laughs) All right, moving on. We said, you know, five, 10 minutes per story, 19 minutes in, uh, we're moving on to our second story. Um, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, both back in Green Bay, as honestly, we always kind of suspected they would be. Um, Rodgers gets a two-spot bump going up to the QB8. Can I ask a question? Where did Rodgers finish uh, in fantasy QB last year? Uh, one second. I'm pulling up the banner. Uh, So I have both those. I have what Rodgers and Adams both finished. Rodgers, so that's kind of what the, the note here is, is more of the same. Last year, Rodgers was QB7, was the QB5 the year before that. Devontae so, Adams, wide receiver one and wide receiver two the past so two years. The reason I ask this is, so he's at five, then he was seven. You've got him up at eight this year. It, that's that's incredible, and that's very telling as far as fantasy goes. Um, and, you know, we, we say this all the time, but I cannot reiterate this enough. Aaron Rodgers won the MVP, I'd, I'd say deservingly. He had... 37 touchdowns, four picks, and, you know, many thousands passing yards. And he was the QB seven. So what's the difference? The difference is it's all about the running. There's like, tons of it, right, yeah. Right. I mean, that, that's a huge deal because the, those are those are just absolutely godlike quarterback numbers, and he's, and he's QB seven. So that, for yeah. fantasy purposes, keep that in mind. You need a guy with running upside if you want to be, uh, you know, top four, whatever, whatever the hell we're looking for. With that said, um, Adams, I mean, he's he's a top two guy no matter what, right? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Bumped him right up to six overall on the big board. He already was my wide receiver three kind of no matter where he went. He was going to be a top three receiver for me unless it was pure right. hell. But but this is the best case scenario for both Rodgers, for both Adams. More of the same, run it back, as we said, top two in back-to-back seasons. He's been a – this that blew my mind. It, over his last 30 games, he's been a top 12 guy in 53% of those. And I know wow. that doesn't seem like – No, that's that's amazing, man. A wide receiver, that is just absurd consistency. In fact, over those 30 games, he's fallen below 10 PPR points just once. Because, I mean, you're you're not talking top 20, top 25. You're talking top 12. Top that's, 12 that's, that's exactly. elite. So, I mean, a little over half the time, he is one of the 12 best guys out of the, you know – how, I don't know how the hell many like 120 guys in the league. So he's like top. Per, he's like top 10 percent of all wide receivers that play uh, o- over half the time. Over That's 32 of the past two seasons over 30 games. Right. Just absolutely. It's like Cooper Cup did that. I think this year. I'll be interested to know if he can carry that over into next year. I don't see any reason why not either. He's averaging nearly 11 targets a game these last couple of years. It's just, it's it's like pitch and catch out there, the way those two link up. I had a, the, the hookup this year. I had that connection in fantasy. And as much as I hate rooting for Rodgers ever, fucking prick, as we started the, the beginning of the show with, they just, they have such a absurd second level of chemistry that I don't think we really ever see. There's very rare duos. I'm Maybe trying Mark to think of uh, that year. Like there's every now and again, a couple greats link up, you know, Jerry Rice, they certainly have a few duos in the league, but the way they just, it's, you know, he, the ball's already left his hand before Adams has broken the route and it lands right there on the sidelines, especially in the red zone. I don't know. It's just so beautiful to watch. I'm just excited that we get this again. It's it's well, the perfect situation. Again, it reminds me of Stafford and Cup, except they've done that for one year. Right. And, right. So, I mean, like, That's you know, they, they do this 
four or five years, I'll be like, yeah, that's that they might be the best combo or at least in the conversation ever. But the thing about Rogers and Adams is, I mean, this is, this is a movie we've seen before. (laughs) It just keeps happening. And this has happened many times when there was no other really almost NFL quality receiver on their team. Um, And so everybody was just like, well, he's going to throw to Adams. And he's like, you're damn right. I'm going to throw to Adams. And he catches it. I mean, he's the best one yard uh, weapon. As far as a receiver, I've seen goal line back. Like he really is. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Exactly. There's no cover in it. I guess the one issue I have with this is Adams got franchised, and I know he's already talked about wanting to be the highest paid receiver, and now he's he's upset about franchise tags. And if he suddenly holds out, and then I can imagine Rogers would use that to milk his own self and he'd hold out, and we could see that devolve. What what would the highest paid receiver entail? Because he is making a little over twenty million dollars for this year. Now it's one year. Does he want a long-term deal and be the highest paid guy? Yeah, is there wanted, any receiver making more than twenty million a year? He was pining for thirty million a year, and honestly, who says he can't? Des- he, I, I mean, he deserves it at this point. Like, just give him the money. So I'm hoping they back up the Brink trucks. I hope he gets paid because I don't want to see a holdout. I don't want to see a Le'Veon Bell situation himself. here, dude. Yeah, uh, but uh, I'm assuming they're both back. I'm assuming they're both playing, and in that case. You're getting a top two season out of Adams. You're getting a top seven season out of Rodgers. The only reason you kind of hinted at the reason he's not in my top seven, even though he's kind of a lock for it, is that the ceiling's just a little bit more capped given he doesn't run all that much. Fair enough. All right, let's move on to story number three. Calvin Ridley of my fantasy team. (laughs) I'll let you take this one away. (laughs) Suspended indefinitely, but certainly for all of the uh, 2022 season. Why, you ask? We know that Ridley had been out dealing with – supposedly mental health issues. I can't confirm or deny that except taking his word for it. But one of the things he was doing while he was out was gambling on a little pro football. That 1500 bucks on a few games um, that's frowned upon Asked Pete Rose. Um, and, you know, Mr. Ridley will not be playing in the NFL uh, next season and maybe not ever. We'll see what happens. I have no idea. But, uh, you know, if you're planning on, if you got him and, uh, you know, dynasty, or we're planning on, you know, being sneaky and taking him up high next year, you might want to rethink your strategy. Yeah. (laughs) Early best ballers that took him, you know, RIP Calvin Ridley. That sucks. Your team's already saying, thankfully I was not going in on Calvin Ridley early in these best ball drafts. And rightfully so at this point, I did not see this coming though. Uh, He was last time we saw him out there for a full season, wide receiver five. The talent has been undeniable. He is a great player and he was a wide receiver five when, I don't know if you've seen some of the clips where he like kind of like slows up on touchdown runs and like it's like he was definitely betting on this game type of thing. <laughs> so you think you should have scored and he kind of like guys, stalled. You think yeah, he's so done this it, before? It, it, it's bad. Uh, ultimately, like, <laughs> I, there's a couple of takes here. The, I guess a, a preface to all this too is just like it is pretty messed up that not pretty messed up. It is extremely messed up that he gets a full season for gambling. Josh Gordon gets suspended oh, yeah. for like six years for weed. And then, like, Ray Rice gets two games. And Greg after Hardy, video. all, all you know, those Greg guys. Hardy, I'm sure you've seen those tweets. Kareem Hunt, comments. Adrian Peterson. Like, just like all, so all messed the, up. No, you're, you're right. And, I mean, right. I'm I'm making fun of Calvin Ridley here. But, you know, the, the consequences are out of whack. Exactly. Completely yeah. out, out of whack. Like, that you know, punishment's fit in the crime. It's just a complete shit show. NFL needs to be better and do better. You know, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve a year. I think it's messed up to you know be betting on a game that you might be involved in. I would love but, it if do you, I would love to know his bets. 
Yeah, I know it involved the Falcons. It was a parlay involving the Falcons as all that kind of came out. It didn't go the, the specifics. My guess is he's betting on him to lose. I hope he was uh, for sure because he probably won that one. Um, but yeah, really messed up situation. You know, hopefully we'll see him in a year from now and it will all be blown over. But what does this leave us with? Like Atlanta's receivers. Ridley's right. gone. Russell Gage is an unrestricted free agent. You know, if he was back, this would be really interesting to him. Yeah, no, really no this is a sinking ship. None of this matters. None. Nobody on Atlanta matters. Maybe well, we Kyle Pitts, but I mean, I but I look. Matt Ryan's a year worse. Like you know, their their best guy on their depth chart by far, Ridley gone. Gage looks like he's gone, and it's not like I'd be throwing a party for him anyway. Look, this is this is a disaster. It's, it's, it's absolutely. Uh, Olamides Akisius, the next one, he's a restricted free agent. Who? Tajay Sharp, whoever that is, understated free agent. Tajay Sharp, we were high on him like four years ago for like a week. Yeah, exactly. And then he beat somebody up in an alley. Yeah. Um, and we haven't really heard from him since. I know. So if, if Gage does resign, he did average nearly 15 points per game once Ridley was out. Wow. So that, that could be, I mean, yeah, he was a top 12 receiver sneakily over those last 10 games of the year. In that fact, he was one of the highest owned guys on best ball rosters that made it to the championship weeks. Cause he did have a really nice end of the year, especially in PPR league. So if he returns, that would be intriguing, but the only piece that's left standing at this point is Kyle Pitts. Now he also did have his biggest game of the year with Ridley there. I think he benefited greatly from having Ridley to yeah. draw number one attention. We saw when number one corners went on Pitts, he started to get shut out. Maybe you know, I, I expect year two to be that much better and another step forward for the guy. He already broke rookie tight end records, uh, even with underwhelming tight end touchdown numbers, tight end six in fantasy. So he had an okay year, uh, especially, but just relative to expectations was kind of a disappointment, especially without Ridley there. So I don't know that Ridley being gone is suddenly this huge upgrade for Kyle Pitts. I no, think he benefited think so. from that field stretching presence from the, somebody commanding the number one corner attention. Yeah, he had that 27-point day against the Jets. Uh, that, that was his biggest game with Ridley on the field. So I do think it's going to be another step forward for Pitts. But I just think their number one receiver – we don't even know who's the number one receiver at this point beyond Kyle Pitts because he's certainly not on the roster because none of their receivers on the roster are under contract right now. So who knows what's going to happen. Uh, but we'll see. I'm sure they'll draft somebody. They're going to probably pepper free agency, but their cap situation is really shitty too. So it is just going to be a, a ugly, ugly situation unless they get rid of Matt Ryan and maybe go, just completely tank. We'll see, but yeah, I, I think <laughs> maybe I'm overthinking this, but I'm also thinking at it from like kind of the uh, the mental, emotional, psychological point. And it's like I would think it would just be deflating for a guy like Pitts to see this team and just know that they're going nowhere. And it's like, uh, you know, uh, who knows what kind of like heart or motor or whatever he's gotten. If he's just like, I'd, I'd rather die than not give it my all. Who knows? It might be hard to get up and give it your all every single week, just knowing you're going to suck all the time. Uh, I, I hope not because I, I, I'm, I'm pulling for the guy. I'd like him to do well, but Atlanta just seems like such a I know horrible place. I, I right do now. think Arthur Smith too. He, he kept them pretty competitive last year in this pretty shitty situation. So I, I'm hoping the head yeah. coach can kind of keep them yeah. rallying up and going. We'll see. But yeah, it, it's just brutal. And I know I'm sure you're just sitting there like fucking Ridley, like this, this again. Like it's always something with this guy. Well, I mean, I, it hurt me last year. This won't hurt me uh, this year, but yeah. it's, it's more, I'm just like rolling my eyes completely. And also it's just, it's like we, you know, you listed Josh Gordon as the other guy on that list that, you know, uh, for something that we don't think is bad at all, that has missed like five or six years of his career. And we saw how great Josh Gordon was. And it's like, 
he was gone for a year and they were like, oh, he's going to come back. He's going to be great. And it, it never happened. I mean, it, and, right. you know, so it's like I look at Calvin Ridley, all this talent, all this potential, uh, you know, fantasy aside, you know, he potentially had an awesome NFL career ahead of him. Then he's out for half a year. Now he's out for another year. There's no guarantee at all that this guy's ever going to come back uh, and be great, uh, much less come back at all. Who knows? So I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed uh, for him because I'd hate to see his career like end this I way. I think that's a great point too, Nat, because dynasty wise, I'm seeing a ton of people with the take, you'll go by now. You, you have no. to take the year no. and eat that. But I'm seeing some of these. I don't agree like, with that at created, all. Like Jalen Waddle for it. No. What? Like That's what crazy. is this? Like what are you guys thinking? Yeah, I get like if you can get him for a late third round like rookie pick, some sort of speculative person, whatever. Okay, it's worth it there. But if you're giving up a major haul, I get the idea of buying low. Maybe you buy low on DK Metcalf, this young freak with all this negative attention. That's different. That will eventually rise. But like you said, there's no guarantee we ever see Calvin Ridley on the field again. So. I, everybody's so obsessed with negative information comes out about somebody go buy this player. Now I, I get it works out sometimes, but this is one that I'd be, I think Josh, Josh Gordon's a really interesting comparison. I'd be really nervous. Like you could have bought low on Josh Gordon 30 times. And been well, we we <laughs> did. We did buy low on him trying. Like, for like four years. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm a big NBA fan too. And I've just seen too many guys, whether it's mental health problems or off the field issues or drugs or whatever that go away and they're suspended for a while and they come and it's like, you know, they it's, I'm not going to say they never come back and are awesome, but it's, I would say more often than not, they do not. So exactly. I would, I would not be like, Oh, let me get all your Calvin Ridley stock right now. Like I'm, I'm extremely skeptical and, and very worried. I, all I right. You too. Midway through, if you guys don't yeah. mind hitting that thumbs up button as we move on to our next Next story, if you have a question, comment, get it on in there. We will, of course, hit those at the end. We appreciate you guys being here on a random impromptu Tuesday. Thanks so much for being here. Let's continue forward. Mike Williams, another guy that was on my team, and and for like three or four weeks was really like I was just just could not stop talking about him. He has re-signed with the Chargers. Get this, three years, $60 Okay, now Devontae Adams is making a little over uh, – uh, 20 million. Like I, I want to say like 20.5, something like that. Mike Williams has got it for three years. Mike Williams. What? Like, what am I missing? Come on. You know, you know more about the ins and outs of this stuff than me. I'm just going knee jerk uh, reactions here. Uh, the eye test. What, what am I missing? I don't know. Honestly, I don't think you're missing much. It reminds me a lot of Kenny Galladay, like the fake alpha. Oh, God. You know, the big body, the leaping ability. He's got everything you want in your, your monster X but it never gets all the way put together ever. And it looked like we finally had that as with Mike Williams, as you alluded to those first few games, 22, 22, 33 points, the wide receiver won through the first three weeks. Looked like we had th- that breakout and they had talked about peppering him as the, the Mike Thomas style X in, in Lombardi's offense. So it's like, okay, maybe we can see it. But then you know, 2.1, 4.7, 3.9, 7.8. Like, when he was bad, he was really bad. He was losing you weeks. And oh, yeah. it was one of those awful conundrums where you saw – then 36 points all, all of a sudden. As soon as you bench him after a 4.7 outing – Right, and that 36, 36. that 36 put him back in your lineup for four or five weeks. It's four like Four and a half points again. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's that, that ultimate brutal cock. He's like, you can't bench him, but you can't play him, and you never get it right. And I don't see any reason why this would be different. I mean, they did give him a massive deal. So clearly they value what he's bringing to the table. You know, it obviously – in terms of I Justin Herbert – an like, investment in Herbert as well. But it's yes. like he's not even remotely the best wide receiver on his team. Oh, not even close. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, if, if I were going to rank all the wide receivers in the league, like, I, I don't think he's top 20. 
No, he's in my like, especially fan, like as a talent. No, and fantasy wise, certainly not. I believe this bumped him up two spots, like wide receiver thirty five for me. Just because you're gonna yeah. get those blow ups, but you're also gonna be dealing with some shit. So like best ball wise, I don't mind him because he might win you a plenty. Yeah, of, like, that's great. Again, he had six games above twenty six points last year. Like that's that's nice. That's a solid. Right, and in best ball, like the, the twos and the fours don't kill you, but like you, uh, you have somebody else stepping up for you. Right. You don't have to make those decisions, but it is a headache in seasonal leagues and. I don't see any reason why, you know, if he suddenly regains that magic of those first four weeks, then okay, then maybe he has just a crazy big season, but I'm not going to be going in. I'm lower by like five to six spots in the ECR, even after bumping him up with his news. To me, it's just like uh, Herbert, like the inconsistencies with, with Williams don't really matter. It's just nice that he has all the weapons he had last year back and maybe they okay. add some even, even more. After this, I mean, he's lost Jared Cook, whatever. So I think Herbert Leo locked in as my QB three. It's going to stay that way. Really? It was going to be Herbert that way. Is your QB three? Yeah. Only Mahomes uh, and Josh Allen above him. I don't know about that. I, do you have anybody <laughs> that you can definitively say you'd have above Herbert? Definitively, no. But I'm going to look at those lists and and I, I'm <laughs> look. It's March, like you know. I'm I'm on a podcast now, but I haven't done the deep dives that you've done. I'll give that, you the, that, the that next gives me a bit him. of a double take, though. You tell me, Kyler Murray or Justin mm, Herbert? Uh, uh, I I would probably lean Herbert. Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? That's really tough. I know. Uh, I would probably lean Burrow, but I could I could see you say I don't think you're crazy for saying Herbert. I'd probably lean Burrow. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Rodgers. These are kind of like, – I'm just going down the list of my next men up. Any of those above Herbert? I, I feel like he and Rodgers are like kind of comparable. Um, I, I've kind of lost a lot of faith in Lamar. I'm not going to lie to you. I, yeah. I know that. I know that's that's trendy to have lost a little faith in Lamar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lost a little faith in Lamar. Who was the other Pretty guy easy. you said? Who was the other guy you said? Uh, and then uh, oh, Dak Prescott. Nah, I'd probably rather have Herbert. All right, so like you know, I'm I'm at, at lowest. I guess I'd have him at like five, four to five. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right, so all right, you know, it's not as crazy as it's at first. Like, whoa, Herbert at three, but right. it's, three. You know, I mean, three is like really elite company. But yeah, you're right. He's he's a beast. So I think and this he also that's also he's going against kind of the the grain that I said where I was like how important the the upside running is. Maybe we're underselling. Uh, maybe we're underselling Lamar Kyler because of the running. I don't know. Yeah, but my instinct is I would rather have Herbert. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and now that I didn't even think of this before the pod, but we bring up, you know, Russell Wilson going to this division. You're looking at shootouts after shootouts, shootouts. after shootouts, right. potentially. Right. Uh, even like Derek Carr and the Raiders, if they, if they take to Josh McDaniels offense here, I think it is a pretty nice fit. We could see a lot of points because none of those defenses are overly scary at this point. The Broncos probably have the best of the division. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm just liking that division for fantasy purposes um, and, and adding Mike Williams to their just you know, another piece to keep those big high flying games right, well, uh, for sure. We'll see. All right. Uh, Chris Godwin franchised by the bucks. I saw his salary comes up around 18 million. Uh, this is the second year in a row. He was franchised by the bucks. And the deal is if you're franchised for a second straight year, they got to give you 120% yeah. something or a 20% bump of what you had. So that takes him. That's why he's not as high as Adams. Um, Adams at 20 something, uh, and, uh, you know, Godwin doing quite well for himself at 18 for a year, whatever. Um, what do you think of this move? I think they just kind of had to do it. Yeah. I mean, they speak so highly of, of Godwin at the combine, the GM saying, 
I, it's hard to imagine our offense without Chris Godwin. And so they said they didn't want to have to franchise him. They were trying to hammer out a long-term deal, but ultimately they had to do something to make sure they had this guy. That's how key of a cog he is. And you look at the production, wide receiver two, wide receiver 15, and wide receiver six, and fantasy points per game the last three years. He's been nothing wow. but a bona fide stud. Wow. So it's, it, it's one of those tricky balances now, though. It's like, well, who's the quarterback? We don't know that right now. So how do we rank Godwin? I have him at 21 just because I love the talent, and I love how much they use this guy. I do like the fact that Bruce Arians is still there. They've been number one, two, and one in passing yards the last three years, three, two, and one in pass touchdowns, top six in uh, five straight years in pass attempts. So this is a, an aerial assault. But that's also been with Tom Brady. You also had you know Jameis Winston just Yeah, but it wasn't only two, only the last two are with Brady. So when you're saying like two, two, and one or whatever the numbers you gave, like my first thing was I was gonna jump out and be like, Well, that was Tom Brady. But it, it actually uh precedes Tom Brady. So yeah, that that is encouraging <laughs> uh for somebody that you're gonna put in there. Um who is the guy now, Blaine Gabbert? Yeah, Kyle Trask, I think. You know, I, I don't know. I'm hoping they draft somebody, get trade for somebody. We'll it's see. It's not a great draft. Right. No, it's a terrible, terrible draft for quarterbacks. Malik Willis might be the, the most intriguing of them, but from Liberty, who knows, an unknown. In yeah. that sense, maybe they reunite with Jameis. I know Bruce has already kind of shut that down and said, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> I, don't, I also don't think it's a good idea. Ultimately, for fantasy, it'd be a great idea. I mean, it, you know, it, the NFL I guess it, it all depends <laughs> what your options are. There. You know, I can sit here and say, like, oh, that's a bad idea. And then it's like, why? Well, who would you roll out there, asshole? And it's exactly. like, well, maybe right. Jameis is the best. I could, you know, who might be fun there? Mitch Trubisky. Like, you know, I know that sounds. Hey, insane. I saw a stat on Trubisky the other day that I, 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 I this is going to piss me off because it's just going to sound like I'm rambling about nothing. It was, I don't remember what the stat was, but it was like some really like elite high stat, and it was like there's like six guys in the league that have achieved this thing, and he was one of them, and all the rest yeah. of them were just like these like, you know, utter and total studs. I mean, I'm going to search for it and find it at some point. Is is it possible that Mitch Trubisky, that we've slept on him a little bit, that we've kind of I – mean, is he better than we think he is? He, I, I doubt it, but, I mean, <laughs> he did have 11 wins under Matt Nagy. Now, granted, that defense was historic and, like, everything kind of lined up well for him there, but winning 11 games with Matt Nagy as your play caller, we just saw what a dumpster fire that motherfucker is. Uh, they went 11-5 and five with Mitch Trubisky? And- yeah. How crazy is that? He started 14 of them and he won 11 of those. So like, you know, (laughs) it's insane. How did that happen? I don't know. Again, the defense was a huge part of that, but at the end of the day, you still need to win the games. Uh, And he he did. So I I would love to see. He's actually average. I'm in. Let's do it. Let's. Trubisky to Tampa Bay. I'm trying to think what another stat similar to that. He ranks like top eight in in points per game fantasy wise across his last 25 starts. So he's like over 20 points a game. So you get Mitch Trubisky with these weapons and Bruce Arians just chucking it around offense. That would be fun. I think we'd get some, it'd be like Jameis 2.0. Mitch Trubisky can rope that thing down the field. I was at a Patriots game, the, the one where he hurled like an 80 yard missile last play of the game and they caught it on the one yard line and didn't get in. I don't know if you remember that game. I was there. At Soldier I do remember field, that. But this guy has a rope and he can run and that, that would be fun. But all this, to let's say, get people talking. Let's get some buzz. Let's get some buzz going yeah. for that. Trubis- Trubisky to, to the bucks. That would be a fun fit. So or to, any, to anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I, my prediction was he's going to go to the giants and follow Dable. Oh God. Yeah take over for Daniel Jones. So we'll see. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. No, That's not I like I'm a big Trubisky box. fan, but like, you know, giants are where people go to die. Yeah. All right. Well, number six, we don't have to spend as long on these <laughs> Dalton Schultz, the tight end three, you told me before the show. 
yeah. franchised by the Cowboys. Wait, yeah, what's that? I, I know- what kind of salary is the tight end uh, franchise tag guy? Oh, uh, 11 million, I believe, is the, uh, the average number. So not a bad baby for Dalton Schultz. Uh, who's not even drafted in most leagues last year, was a waiver wire darling. And as you just mentioned, was the tight end three in total fantasy points. He ran the third most routes among tight ends last year, sixth most tight end targets, 10th in yards per route run. The guy had a great year. He was awesome after the catch. He was such a great third down weapon, just moving the chains. I think he's the sneaky potential biggest winner besides maybe the Broncos guys with Russell Wilson of this day. Him returning and Blake Jarwin having a hip surgery as well. So he's going to be kind of out of the picture for a long time. His NFL career you know, NFL career is in jeopardy right now. I really think Dalton Schultz, you know, tight end three last year, but now Amari Cooper is probably going to be removed from that right. equation. There's nothing in his way. For we got to talk up. about that too. We don't have to talk about it today, but I do think that's worth talking about. Absolutely. Him, Gallup, all the rumblings. I think we'll do a combine episode on uh, Thursday or whenever we get back okay. live and talk about both veterans that have been talked about and also the rookies that we saw. Uh, but Dalton Schultz, definitely the best case scenario for his value is returning to where he was used so voluminously and so well. I mean, put up such what, great stats here. What was that word? Is that a word? Vol- voluminously? I don't is even that know. A word? Word. I mean, I get the gist of what you're trying to say, but I just have never heard that in English. Before. A high volume role is there what I was go. going for. And it just kind of rolled off. Uh, and I hope that's a word. It might be. It might not be. But you know what I'm we saying. We got to put it in the glossary. That's the voluminous sure. Dalton Schultz. Uh, voluptuous and voluminous for, for Dalton Schultz here. Uh, but yeah, a great role. Kellen Moore is back too. I think, you know, that's kind of one of the underrated movements of the, the coaching carousel here is he was interviewed for a lot of head coaching jobs and still didn't get it despite back-to-back years leading the NFL in points and pass attempts. And all that is just great news for this passing attack. And especially if you remove a big mouth like Amari Cooper's, that's just that much more volume from Dalton Schultz to potentially gobble up. So I love his situation returning here to the Cowboys right back into my top six tight ends ahead of TJ Hawkinson. Uh, you know, I, I'm all in. I'm, I'm, I'm interested ready to eat all of the Dalton Schultz I possibly can. We don't have to talk about this now either, but I'm interested in uh, your thoughts on, you know, what kind of value Cooper still has and where you think a good landing spot for him would be. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, we, we'll talk about that. I think he still has plenty. He, He's young. Like he, he's only 27. I was going to say 26, 27, right? Yeah. So, you know, he's still got plenty of good years, in my opinion. All right. For today, last but not least, Mike Gusecki of the Dolphins, also franchise. Is he getting about the same uh, scratch that Schultz was getting? Yep. That $11 million. You know, that's the, the average of the top five salaries. So, you know, solid there. He went 780 yards, 73 catches. That was really nice. You know, quality usage for the tight end spot there but only two touchdowns. That was a little bit discouraging. Um, so he's like a four or five catch, like 50 yards guy. Yeah, exactly. Nine or 10 uh, points in a PPR league. Yep. The, the thing with Gusecki though, he is, he has some insane athleticism for his size. That's kind of always been the thing. And it was just like an inconsistent role for him. He wouldn't be in on blocking scenarios and nor should he have been. That's not his strong point, but fourth and tight end targets last year, fifth and tight end receptions, eight and tight end receiving yards, and, and this kind of highlights the athleticism I'm hitting at third in total air yards. So they like to use this guy deep. They put him in the slot. In fact, uh, only Mark Andrews was in the slot more often than Mike Gusecki. And, and that's kind of the, the good comparison. They take Andrews off a lot. So when you look at total snaps, it's like 70% for Andrews, but all of them are routes for being run. That's kind of the same case with Gusecki. And now you got Mike McDaniels coming in. We obviously know from the 49ers, they love George Kittle. They like to use him in the deep passing game. I'm not saying Mike Gusecki's George Kittle, not even close. George no, Kittle's the best tight end in the league. Where, where, do you, where do you have Gusecki now? Uh, I, so I had him 
like right outside my top 15 at first. And now that I know he's back with Tua, who loves him, who's, who's religiously peppered tight ends since he's gotten there. Now that I know he's with Mike McDaniels. You might use him in this George Kittle light type of role. He's right back in the top 10. I think I have him okay. right at tight end nine um, in my rankings coming up. What's so, your yeah. top, top five tight ends in order? Top five tight ends in order. Uh, I mean, obviously, Kelsey. at number one is Kelsey. But Mark Andrews, Andrews, I shouldn't say obviously. Mark Andrews was the no, number obvious. one tight end last year. Uh, so, you I mean, know, I'm guessing right you're going Kelsey, him. Andrews, uh, Kittle, or yep, Pitts. Kittle, uh, Kittle, then Kyle Pitts, number four. He bumped right ahead of Darren Waller at number five. Okay. Uh, right. Dalton Schultz, six. TJ Hawkinson, seven. Goddard, eight. Knox, nine. And then Gasecki, ten. Okay. Comes in right after Dawson Knox. That's a, I respect that top 10. That makes sense. Yeah. The only tricky one for me there, because I really, really like Pat Fry too. Um, I don't know. <laughs> you do love, but, but we have to take your analysis of Pat Fry at least a little bit with Grace. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A little bias teaching with his little, parents. A little bias. Uh, you know, I have, I, like, I also like Pat Fry, but I mean, also like the Steelers. I don't know. I also, I mean, I, I don't know how much this has to do directly with Pat Fry, but I, I really love the coaching staff. I'm telling yeah. you. I love I like the coaching staff there. I just don't know who the quarterback is quite yet. So no, right. and that and that we've found that that is important in the NFL. Quite important for pass catchers, yeah. So right. I, I'm a big fan of Gasecki, though. I'm happy this is uh, worked out that he's going back there for at least the year because we know Tua loves him. We know he's got a good play caller. Uh, so you know, Dalton Schultz was the biggest winner from the tight ends, in my opinion. Well, Albert sure. O, big big tight end day though. Albert O goes right behind those guys in that top ten. Uh, you know, he comes in at twelve right there. So big big leaps into the top uh, twelve. For three guys that were outside my top twelve entering today, all three of them are now inside the top twelve. We'll see, we'll see about Alberto. I, I'm, I'm gonna. Have, there's a lot of mouths to feed. We'll see what there, happens. There is, and I, like I said, they have a lot of cap space, so I would not be shocked at all to see them bring in Gronk. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, to see them bring cool. in. I'm trying like the the free agency pool. We'll, we'll go over it because we have the free agency show coming next week. Uh, it did take a pretty big hit with uh, Gasecki and Schultz now gone. We have Gronk. We have Evan Ingram. Like David Nyoku got franchise, so he's even off the table. Zach Ertz is there, so there are some like Ertz kind of had a nice rebound last year. He, he really went off when he went to the Cardinals. Yeah, but I'm um, not like I'm not mortgaging the farm to get Zach Ertz. No, exactly. The the two biggest weapons were Gasecki and Schultz, and they're now removed here. Uh, and, and Gronk, you know, Gronk, Gronk, if he still does what he did last year, if he's still in that type of shape, Gronk is still a very dangerous player potentially. Um, but he also might retire because Brady's gone. So who knows? Um, so yeah, big, I mean, big Gron- for Gronk has sure. all the money in the world. He, if he's coming back, it's because he like just love of the game or something like that. I kind of don't think we'll see Gronk again, but we'll see. Well, he missed um, uh, he wants to play with Burrow. So, and since he, oh, okay. he was a free agent, so, you know, maybe, maybe he goes, how much would that suck Gronk? if you're like, uh, Uzuma or something on uh, the Bengals and Gronk's like, I'd really love to play with Bur- Burrow. And they're just like, ah, oh, shit. See, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. they're going to trade me. <laughs> Well, they've already said the Bills also have interest. So Dawson Knox, you know, I have him at nine here. That would be a huge hit to Dawson Knox oh, wow. if if Gronk goes there. That would be a brutal hit. And Knox had such a great season. So you'd hate to see that happen. Is Gronk just going to go on a tour like for the next – because a lot of times you see in like the NBA uh, like people ring chasing at the end because like guys that haven't won right. a title. Well, he's, he's won his titles. So now is he just going to do like a merry-go-round of like, I'd like to go play for this great quarterback for a year and then this great Probably. quarterback for a year. And like he just – like so, then he can just say he's played with all of them. Yeah. Anyway, exactly. And they said that the Cardinals might be interested in bringing him too. Like Kyler, you know, taking that Zach Ertz role. So if Gronk plays, he's probably going to be a top seven. Yeah, and, and again, if he, he's going to go to he's a Yeah, he's not going to play for trash. That's true. Exactly. All right. Well, all right. You made me reconsider my opinion a little bit on that. 
All right. Let's hit our small mailbag. Thanks for everybody that's actually still with us, checking us out. This is a fun kind of spur of the moment Tuesday show. We're like, ah, oh, we'll get it done in half an hour. It's 51 minutes in. You <laughs> would have expected course. nothing less from the Wolf and the Truth. David, hey, Wolf and Truth, I miss you guys. Do you hear the Panthers are open to moving McCaffrey? I have heard that. Where is the best fantasy fit for him? That is an interesting question. Uh, we, we've already had some kind of arguments about our, our thoughts on McCaffrey. Not us specifically, but uh, when CJ was on, we were talking about different levels of expectations for him. What do you think, Wolf? Where'd you like to see him land? I mean, it's hard to say leaving right. the situation he's in, like the volume he's seeing. If if you could tell me he'd get that volume on another team, then of course it's the Chiefs, right? Playing with Pat Mahomes, okay. playing in right. that offense. If you get the volume he's getting with the Panthers and then move him there, but you wouldn't get that volume because they have Mahomes and they have so many other weapons. So I, you know, it's automatically like the Chiefs always jump to mind, but that's not going to be the case. What about the Bills, though? They don't have a running back. I was they, thinking the exact same thing. Oh, man. Like, that offense. Like, Devin Singletary was the number two running back in fantasy. because And we don't even think he's that good. And he's not good. He's not that good of a player. Right. So, you know, any decent running back that goes there is going to put up numbers. You put McCaffrey, the the again, if he's healthy, the best running back in the league, in my opinion, it's certainly most versatile. Uh, he would do some serious damage there. So, I would say I was, Bills, Chiefs. You just think of the, the high-powered attacks. But it's just, you know, it's so tough to think of a better yeah. situation than the volume he's been getting with the Panthers. So agree with that completely. You know? I, yeah. I've been secretly hoping Melvin Gordon gets uh, sent to the Bills so uh, Javante can do his thing. Yeah. As long as as long as he's, <laughs> he's a free agent. So as long as you don't go back, you know, it, I guess we, we didn't even talk about that with Russell Wilson. Like if, if it is just the Javante show and now you have Russell Wilson at quarterback making this offense that much better. Uh, I mean, I I love Javante mid first round. Like, oh man, I don't know like where I would where you draw the line for Javante if he's the only guy in this offense next year. It's so hard to say, man. It's like you know, I hate to always bring it up these days, but we've seen it so much. Just the injuries, man. Who the hell knows? He's a horse, though. Like he is. He's a horse. You know who else is a horse? You know who else is a horse? Derek fucking Henry was a horse. (laughs) Exactly. And we he missed like two thirds of the season. (laughs) (laughs) True. Anyway, I mean, it's just God. It's a play running back in the NFL is brutal, dude. You couldn't pay. I mean, (laughs) Jesus Christ. We would. I mean, I I wouldn't. I, I mean. In my absolute physical prime, when I was actually a very good athlete, I'm not sure I'd last one carry. No, no. <laughs> like, you know, maybe I could, maybe I'd just get lucky and turtle up on the first one. So maybe like I'd get a second. I mean, like, I don't, these guys take such a pounding. <laughs> it's insane it's, that they can do this for, it's like, even Frank Gore, who did this for like 15 years. And now he, and now he boxes for fun. <laughs> Psychos. <laughs> I don't right. know how they do it. He's built different. Uh, Chris Jason, separation kings. Number one, Judy. Number two, Quez Watkins. Three, Demir Bird. Four, Nikhil Harry. Number 100, Cooper Cup. Can yeah, you give right? us some context to that, Wolf? <laughs> we we had a good group chat today uh, <laughs> where <laughs> Duck, uh, our boy Duck, loved the Duck, said loved Judy the duck. was the best separator in the NFL. And I just kind of chuckled at him. It's like, yeah, the guy runs good routes, but come on, Duck. Like, that's the horrible situation. He sent out a tweet that goes, woof, like this. And it said Judy was at the top of this, like, separation per target list. And just to prove it's a meaningless stat and, like, you should never try to justify any type of case you're making with this stat. Number two was, as CJ's putting out here, Quez Watkins. Like, number three was Byron Pringle. Three, four, five was Demir Bird. I remember Devontae Adams was legitimately 60 was on the 60, list. Right? Cooper Cup, who just shattered records, was 49 on the list. Like, so you're trying to prove a point with this stat that is clearly meaningless. 
Sorry, that's not going to be the case that, that yes, I like Jerry Judy. You're not going to prove anything to me by telling me he's separation per target was number one. Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> CJ's trying to fan the flames. Mm-hmm. To get me well played, CJ. Thank you, CJ. Justin Vetter, not throwing a pick six for Trubisky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if he goes to Bruce Arians, he'll be throwing plenty of pick sixes. Uh, Let me that, ask that, you a question. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, Wolf. In What's all that? seriousness, what are the chances that on some of our gambling shows this year we could get Calvin Ridley to come on? Oh, man. No, there's no chance. We <laughs> What's the Ridley special this week? That would be incredible. <laughs> the the, the three-team Ridley parlay. We'd be willing to give him like some small equity in the company if he would Absolutely. be willing to do that. I'll give him all of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no don't do that. Not all of it, but maybe a little chunk. Just a um, little piece. Calvin, if you're listening. It's a good offer. <laughs> Char- Charlie, late to the party, but what a week and it's only Tuesday. I know, right? Insane day of news. Uh, not what I was expecting. Like I said, I got home and opened my phone and see from CJ. Like, are you ready to react to all this? Well, like, by the way, that? real Jeez. real quick, uh, Justin just cleared that up. That was the stat. He's the only quarterback that never threw a pick six. That was what I saw. Oh, okay, gotcha. I, I yeah. wonder what I couldn't. Re- you're, I couldn't remember, but you're but you're right, Justin. That was it. That's pretty wild because he threw some. I know. Don't, don't you like in your head? You know, like the Mandela effect, where you like you imagine like you're convinced that you've seen something like the, right. the collect, the collective uh, imagination of the world is like, yeah, you saw this, but it never happened or it was different than that. It's like, in my mind, I've seen Trubisky throw like five pick sixes. Multiple. <laughs> <laughs> Just constantly <laughs> like, you know, him and Mark Sanchez are like interchangeable to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Mahmoud. What's up? Hey, Mahmoud, what's up? Great what's up fellas? You. How do you like Sutton and dynasty with the Wilson trade? I like him. Absolutely. I mean, I, I always liked Sutton. I've always been higher on Sutton than most and this is by far the best quarterback he's ever played with. We saw him have a top 10 wide receiver season with Drew Locke hucking him just freaking nothings into the air. I love this move for him because Russell Wilson still, you know, I think he's only 36. He's got six, seven years probably left. I, he might even be younger than that. I might be over-exaggerating. He's not 36. He's not 30. Yeah, that was – as soon as I said it, I was like, he's probably like 32. I was going to say I, 32 I think it's, maybe. I'm, I'm guessing, I admit, but like, I think it's more like 32. Right. Yeah, I, I think we got at least five to, to eight years, and Sutton's obviously young himself, so they just locked him up to a long-term deal. These guys get four to five years together. I, I would not be shocked at all if Sutton's a top 15 receiver for four to five straight years right now. Uh, if I had him, this is a huge win for his dynasty value, in my opinion. Absolutely. Russell, Russell Wilson, by the way, is 33. 33. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, and Charlie, so many expats or Panthers in Buffalo, too. Maybe not as crazy as we think. Yeah. Let's let's start beating the drum for that, huh? McCaffrey to Buffalo. Whew. That would be that would be something special. <laughs> yeah, until he got hurt. I mean until he gets hurt, but man, that offense is already so insane. Like let me ask uh, you this. Yeah. Do you think do you think that we're ever gonna see another like full season for McCaffrey? Let's let's say let's is he ever gonna play another 14 game season? I don't know. It does have those like sketchy girly vibes. Like he's just breaking down and that's going to be it for him. Cause he was super durable before he started getting, he hurt. never missed a game and he's so he's built like so strong. I mean, I don't yeah, know. But, like, do you remember the last, remember when he, he got hurt? Like uh, I forget what it was week three, week four. And it was like, he's like running and he like high stepped and he like pulled his hamstring. And was, it's like, all right, you're out for eight weeks. Exactly. And and like, a lot of them were non-contact injuries. That's what's so like sketchy about them all. I don't think so. No, I, I honestly, that's why I'm a little either. Bit lower on him. And it's so hard to like, if you're sitting there at pick five and he's sitting there, like it's so hard to pass him up because you know, 
if you do get 14 games out of him, yeah. you probably won your title. Because like, in week you know, one, he's going to score 35 points for you, and you're going to be like think you're like the biggest pimp in the league. And, right. uh, you know, you're going to be talking shit to everybody. I told you he was the man. And then like three weeks later, like he's on the IR. Exactly. It's, it's so brutal. Like, uh, cause it's it, the number two season of all time. Only LaDainian Tomlinson, that one, like 37 touchdown season was more than what McCaffrey did in 2018. Like it's just. No, like uh, what I dread, I'm telling you right now, Wolf, I have a lot of fantasy nightmares that keep me up at night. <laughs> I dread getting whatever pick in the draft, seven, eight, something like that. And it rolls around and he's there. Yeah, I I, I, I don't want to have to make that decision. I know. I I don't think he'll make it outside the top five, though. You don't uh, think so? Oh, I know. Not in the early the early best ball drafts I've been doing. He's going two or three every single what? time. That's crazy. Yeah, I got I I picked him. I I didn't typically take him, but he fell to me at five, and I was like, well, he usually goes number two. This is the one time I'm going to take a shot at him, and my team came out fucking filthy so i'm hoping if he stays healthy i'm gonna win a lot of money <laughs> let's put it that way all right well i'm pulling for you i guess yeah. I, I don't think i'd take him at five although i guess i'd have to see the board i'd rather have Devonte adams well at, at this point yes you know adams um so yeah derrick henry over him you know derrick henry's coming off an injury himself what, what are your thoughts there uh, oh god um i guess i would lean henry but I know it's tough because there's so much receiving work out of McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think I would probably lean Henry and I'd be kicking myself for it. I don't, I mean, look, if they Eckler? both got, <laughs> I don't know. I, tough, God, right? I don't know, man, this is terrible. I, like I, I, I roll my eyes at some of your rankings. And then when you put me on the spot, I'm like, well, it doesn't sound so crazy. You know, McCaffrey's sitting there like, Oh, I don't want to do it. But how he's like the hardest player to pass up on. Like if it's not cup and it's not, I will say this when he was playing, it was so fun. It's the best. I, I remember <laughs> this is why I stayed up for him. And then he gets like hurt, like a play later. Like, I know you were like, yeah, Jones. Good job. Yes. But I mean, remember when you had him two years ago, you did that. Uh, I mean, and then he came back. You did that whole video of you like, you know, <laughs> jizzing everywhere. <laughs> like, so this has been going on. This been going on. No, you like back. thought he might. And, and that and was enough to get you worked back. up. To <laughs> the ultimate. <laughs> so we've been talking about this for like two years. Yeah, exactly. And I'll <laughs> sign right back up for it. Now you keep kicking me the nuts, Christian. I'll never learn. <laughs> right. Never learn. Awesome. Good oh, show. Well, good show. A lot, lot to cover. I, I know it wasn't maybe as quick as we said we'd get through each thing, but I, I don't know that too much was wasted breath. I think we uh, went good points on each of them. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back maybe Thursday. We'll, we'll check the schedules. We do want to break down some of these combine prospects and do a little bit of a free agency preview with that on the uh, uh, on the horizon here. Next week, the free agents will be landing. So Uh, exciting stuff here make sure you're subscribed if you haven't already so you don't miss these videos we'll answer your questions every single time we need to go live you can find me personally at rotor street wolf and all our content is at rotorstreetjournal.com we breed and feed you fantasy wolves and if you like podcasts you prefer to listen at work on the podcast we have the fancy fullback dive you can see that logo up there in the corner you can shoot check us out subscribe and, and review the pod is so appreciated as well awesome i'm the wolf i'm the truth in a world full of fancy sheep guys be the wolf later later we used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. At least we.